For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. Forgot to bring myself up. I apologize. Awesome start to the show. We're going to be cooking. This is episode 862, and we still are learning the process. That's 100% on me. I apologize about that. But I'm pumped about today's show. Um, we have gotten so many awesome questions and topics from people on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all over the place and email. So I'm very, very excited to jump into a myriad of topics today. Um, as we still do have um, new information coming in, uh, the 49ers set their preseason schedule finally. <laughs> and we we know the dates and times against the Raiders. I love all the hashtag CC. I love it. Appreciate you guys being here. This is awesome. Uh, we're going to have fun. So as always with these live shows, Clayton's uh, the mad engineer behind the scenes. So if you guys got questions, topics, things you want to go off on tangents, please put those in the, the comment section. We're going to star those, and we'll get to those as the show goes on. Uh, love all the hashtag countdown crews. Appreciate all the support, guys and gals and gals. Now, week one of the preseason is going to be in Las Vegas against the Raiders, which is pretty cool on a lot of different topics. One, we used to share the Bay, right? Um, just geographically speaking, they left did what was best for them. Feel bad for the Oakland community, but whatever. Um, now we get to play them week one in the preseason. We get the first time we get to see our quarterbacks, whoever the hell they are. <laughs> Probably going to get to see two of them. I don't think there's any way Brock's back by um, you know the 13th of August. I just don't see that. But we also have our joint practices and game day schedule set. We're going to have two joint practices on August 10th and 11th, and then we play them August 13th. Now, if it was just the game and just the Niners stuff, that would be one thing that's cool. However, Jimmy G, man, that dude just cannot stay out of the headlines. Um, turns out, when they postponed, and, and again, the reason why I'm bringing this up isn't because of Jimmy G's sake. I think that this tells a story for the 49ers. Um, because, again, I, I don't think I put this out on my show. But I had a feeling inside that Jimmy G was healthy and could have played in that NFC championship, but his agent chose not to. Uh, again, I, I don't ever think I put that out there, but that was my initial sense that they're making a cash decision and blah, blah, blah. I was wrong. Um, and so, like, I, I'm not here to put myself on blast for things I said on the show because I don't think I ever said that. I'm, I'm here to say I was wrong up in my brain head, my bucket, right? It, Turns out he wasn't. It turns out he still isn't. Um, his foot has not healed correctly, still hasn't passed a physical, and now the Raiders could move on from Jimmy G 
without owing him a cent. Uh, which is just crazy. It's just absolutely bonkers. And so <laughs> Aaron says Raiders are still a Bay Area team. Mandalay Bay, that is pretty awesome. Uh, Aaron, you're the man. But anyway, so the 49ers are going to have their joint practices. They're going to have their preseason game. Everything's set. Um, I put that up in the banners. Let me let me make sure we got that. Here's the um, the timeline for the rest of the offseason and what we got. And there's still a lot of stuff that's going on. Purdy's supposed to start throwing this upcoming week, which we told you uh, this was the target date for starting to throw. Uh, we haven't adjusted this. You can go back and look at you know, all the previous episodes when we do this ticker at the bottom. Purdy starts throwing first week of June. That We put that there the day the, schedule, the surgery happened because this was the 12-week the period, and he could start that process. Then we got June 13th, which is mandatory minicamp. Late July is training camp start itself. And so we're about to get into that kind of dark period. We're not going anywhere. We'll still be putting out content. We're doing our 91-man roster series, which has been a lot of fun. Already getting a lot of feedback on that. Um, and just a couple scheduling notes. I do want to let everybody know. My cousin's getting married. Super pumped about this down in Mexico next week. Um, so the missus and I, were flying down there. We're going to be down there for about three to four days. So live shows will take a little bit of a breather. But um, I'm scheduling out content so that you guys will still have Niner stuff, whether you're downloading, whether you're on YouTube, wherever you get your stuff. We're still going to have videos, just not going to be live uh, because I'm going to be down there with family and celebrating and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's there. Now, once we get into training camp, then we – training camp ends – as soon as those joint practices starts, that's when the preseason starts. So, you know, August 10th is preseason time. Even though the game is the 13th, that's when the preseason starts, right? Second preseason game is the Broncos, 8-19. Third preseason game against the Chargers, 8-25. And those last two games, 49ers are at home. So no travel there, which is really, really nice. Because, you know, you're opening up the season, you know, back-to-back games on the road. We'll talk more about that. Um, I've got some Steelers information that I want to go through later on in this show. Um, But anyway, so that's kind of where the calendar and the schedule events are going to be. For a while, thank you, Clayton. Um, you, you take that down or you run your show the way that it's supposed to go, buddy. But lots of stuff going on. Now, there was a question that I, I dove into probably more than I should have. Uh, Niall on Patreon, really appreciate your support, buddy. He asked me this question. After Purdy's ascension, what's your opinion on the narrative that Shanahan's offense takes a year to learn? We've heard this for a while, right? Well, it takes a year to learn. It takes a year to learn. It takes a year to learn. So I was like, all right, let's play this game. Let's go back. Let's look at it. Now, some quarterbacks I just kind of took out um, because they weren't, quote, unquote, the guy or whatever else. So I didn't do RG3 with the injury. I didn't do Kirk Cousins because that was weird, and you know he wasn't really in there. So I looked at basically five quarterbacks, okay, or four quarterbacks, sorry. Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, and Brock Purdy. Because you you had a stepped in, all that stuff. Now, again, Brock Purdy's information, we only have the first year, so th- that part's going to be conjecture. So we're going to save that till the end. Let's talk about Jimmy G first. Man, I didn't know we are going to talk about Jimmy G so much. But this is all in an effort to analyze and critique this idea that it takes Shanahan's system one full year, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded midseason, and the whole plan was to just sit him. Uh, no playoff contention. We didn't care. They were just going to sit him. They they didn't want to throw him out there to see what was going on. But then injuries happen. 
Injuries happen. Jimmy Garoppolo steps in for those last five games. Y'all remember that back in 2017. Um, and you could argue the five best games of his entire career. Now, not statistically, but it was just, it was by far his worst supporting cast. And he just dominated. I mean, I mean, he was unbelievable. And now he goes 5-0 and down the stretch against three playoff teams, destroyed the Jaguars. Like, they were the best defense in the NFL by far. That led to Jalen Ramsey being traded. It just, their entire organization plummeted after that game. But he only threw seven touchdowns versus five interceptions and a 67% completion percentage during that five-game span. Small sample size. We're going to get another small sample size here in a little bit, but that's okay. So... Comes back the next year, and this would have been the year to break down the first year's a learning year in the Shanahan offense, but he tears his ACL three weeks into 2018. We all know how that goes against the Chiefs. Why are you trying to stay in bounds, Jimmy? Just go out of bounds, live to play another day, whatever. Then he comes back after the injury, and the only season in the past 10 years for the 49ers of one quarterback staying healthy. Of course, how's that go? We make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, goes 13 and three. Well, the 49ers go 13 and three, but they were leading them. And I understand somebody listening or watching this is sitting there screaming, wins are not a quarterback stat. And you're not wrong, but I do think that it factors in. Um, there's more than just the quarterback, but at the end of the day, wins are what it's about. So in 2019, you go, you go 13 and three, make it all the way to the Super Bowl, number one seed. You know, he had a 69% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's elite for Jimmy G. You know, just barely above that two to one ratio. That's as good as Jimmy's ever going to be. That, that's just what it is. So if, if you just look at, you know, th this is a rough one because you got the injured year in there. So you could say, man, he was in it for two years. If you want to be accurate. Now, Matt Schaub and Matt Ryan, the Matt brothers, these are as clear as it gets. Now, we're going back, 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 back in time. This is all the way back with the Houston Texans. We're going 2008-2009. Matt Schaub, his first year with Shanahan in Houston was not good. Um, he, 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, not great. 6-5 and five as a win-loss record, not great. Second year, again, this is Matt freaking Schaub in the Texans. He led the league in completions, attempts, yards, yards per game was unbelievable. They go 9-7, and seven, which is great for Houston. And he threw 29 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. By far Matt Schaub's best career of his, of his entire thing. So this is where the narrative started to build was, hey, man, guess what? It's going to take a year to get into this. Look what he did with Matt Schaub. Look what he did with Matt Schaub. Now let's go Matt Ryan, the second Matt. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more players, and you get a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. It's got quick withdrawals, easy game playing, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. I made my first $10 deposit and received an instant $10 bonus. If you have the skills, you play for a shot of turning your $10 all the way into $1,000. Here's what's great, too. It's available in over 30 states, including California, Texas, and Georgia. So all you got to do, especially during playoff basketball time, you just pick two players, Anthony Edwards for more or less than 29 points. You got Luka, more or less than 32 points. However you see it, you just pick two, 
and you can get paid. So download the app today and use 49ers for a first deposit match above of up to $100. Again, download prize picks today. Use code 49ERS for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, I should have called this this episode something with like Shanahan steps on mats or I don't know, something like that. Bring Shanahan to the mat? I don't know. I, I, I'm spitballing this. Probably shouldn't have done that live, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> come on, Clayton. You guys got to come up with a fun, uh, fun mat and Shanahan-type pun that would just dominate the Twitter sphere. That's what we need. All right. Matt Ryan. When Shanahan came in in 2015, they were average. They go 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, Matt Ryan goes 21 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Not great. 66 completion percentage. All right, that's pretty good. But then the second year, this is when things went crazy. Because Matt Ryan goes out there and wins the MVP, led the NFL in pass uh, yards per attempt, yards per catch, quarterback rating, passer rating, you name it, Matt Ryan was everywhere. They go 11-5, and 38 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. Oh, Matt squared. Thank you, Sam. I like that one. Hey, two mats and a G. <laughs> you guys are the best, man. I, I love this. Um, but, you know, Matt Ryan, he goes out 38 touchdowns to seven interceptions, 70% completion percentage. Just unbelievable. And as soon as Shanahan left, guess what happened to Matt? Matt Ryan's just stats went back, regressed to the mean. There's something for if you could get a quarterback that doesn't put the ball in jeopardy. And again, you look at Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, or even Jimmy G for that matter, none of them have elite traits. None of them. There's no elite traits present, uh, physical traits, right? None of them have the strongest arm. None of them are the biggest quarterbacks. None of them have, you know, fast 40-yard time, 10-yard time. Like, no, that's not who they are. They're all timing, anticipation quarterbacks with quick releases. That's kind of what he was used to. And this is why... When the trade happened, you know, jumping up to three, so many outsiders were saying, oh, it's it's Matt jo- it's Mac Jones because he fits Jimmy G, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan. But I kept screaming, no, you don't trade up for the same thing that you already have. You already have Jimmy G. You got to go, you know, try to go for more, whatever else. They take Trey Lance, whatever. Let's jump now to Brock Purdy's first year. We don't have a second year yet, obviously. Um, but... I think that we can kind of connect dots on the trajectory that Brock Purdy, where he belongs in the midst of these guys we've been talking about. Now, he only had seven starts. I'm not counting the start against Miami, and I don't want to count the start against um, Philly. Like, you have to either include both those or remove both those, right? And, And however you want to do that, that's okay. That's just the way I did, arbitrarily, whatever. So he goes 7-0 in those games, 16-4 to 
touchdown to interception ratio. That's crazy. Like, again, let me let me pull this up because I think this is just hilarious. Kenny Pickett, all right, who we're going to get to see week one, was kind of, you know, one of the leaders for rookie of the year. So was Brock Purdy. Kenny Pickett started, he played in 13 games, started 12. Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdowns <laughs> and nine interceptions. Like, this is crazy to me. You look at Brock Purdy, he goes 16 and four. Now there's a big difference. You have one of the most innovative offensive play callers in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan. His system has, everybody wants a piece of it. Then you have Matt Canada, who's literally watching paint dry, boring, the worst play caller, I think. Him him or the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Uh, those are the two that I would be like, no, 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 no. Uh, but whatever. He goes 16 and four, touchdown interception. Um Adds, you know, 65% completion percentage, which is all right, not great, and 108 passer rating. Now, what can we anticipate for Brock next year? And I don't want to turn this into the Brock or Trey or Sam. I don't give a damn about that. I just want to play with this whole narrative. Okay, Shanahan takes a year. Can we expect Brock Purdy play to increase like we saw with Jimmy G, with Matt Schaub, with Matt Ryan? I don't think so. If, if he... <laughs> If we just double his numbers and he throws 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions, one, he would be the first 49ers quarterback to throw for over 30 touchdowns since, guess who, Jeff Garcia. It's been a long time. He would be MVP with those numbers. Like, if we look at what – and, again, like, I, I get it whenever we talk Patrick Mahomes. Like, that dude's a unicorn. Like, he's an all-time unicorn. Um, but he threw 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, you know, 32 and eight interceptions is right on par with that. Like that would be crazy. Now Mahomes threw for over 5,000 yards and whatever else, but you look back at Mike Ryan's, you know, year that he won the MVP, he threw 38 and seven, like it would be on par with that. And again, you have to remember the 49ers are a much more run heavy team. When they had Julio Jones and Roddy White and all that stuff, they were throwing the ball a decent amount. Now, obviously, they had Freeman and they had Tevin Coleman and they did run the ball, but this team is much more predicated upon the run now. But good gosh, if you could just double those stats, like it's so whatever I'm talking about, Brock Purdy, he doesn't have to improve. If you could just get that level of play. That's all you need. What's up, Judd? Uh, good man right here. He says, Purdy is limited, but that's okay if he's limited to be an elite. Limited, uh, yeah, there we go. I think that's awesome. Um, and you can talk about the limited arm strength. He's not throwing 60-yard lasers. That's not it. But he's ev elite everywhere else. And that's the thing. Like, I don't need, and I don't think the 49ers need Brock to double his play or elevate his play. You just need Brock to do what he did. Now, the critics would say this. Well, now, defensive coordinators have tape on Brock. They know his tendencies. They know his hot reads. They know whatever he panics, what he does. He rolls to the left. Um, and so you always kind of see this sophomore slump. Nobody knew who Brock Purdy was. Nobody scouted him. Nobody wanted to draft him. So it was just like, well, who is this guy? Whatever. He's nobody. Well, then he come out and shocked everybody. He's not going to shock anybody anymore. Whenever Brock Purdy does step up and play, and I do think that Brock Purdy will be the quarterback at some point this year, I don't, 
I don't see either quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam, I don't care. There's going to be quarterbacks coming in and out of this system just because it's the 49ers. It's the way that it happens. But when Brock Purdy comes out, there will be a fully detailed scouting report through and through on what he can and can't do and where to attack him and where not to. You know, I, I didn't include Miami and in all these stats and whatever, but when he came in for that Miami game, the Dolphins said, zero blitz, nonstop, go get this rookie who's never played before. And what did Brock do? He freaking lit their ass on fire. Made them look like idiots. And they just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. He's like, bring it, baby. Did the whole ice in the veins. He didn't give a damn. Most fun game of the past year. Oh, my gosh. That game was so fire. Sucked that Jimmy G got hurt, though. Um, so, you know, again, the biggest issue is just this regression that I think could be expected. But, man, a 4-1 to touchdown-to-interception ratio that he had in his first, that does not happen, okay? That does not happen. That is, like, top five all-time. If he finished his career with a 4-1 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, it'd be one of the top five all-times. Like, not even close. So, you're going to regress some. I don't need it to double. That would be almost insane. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. But I thought this was a fun question. Thank you, Niall, uh, for the support on Patreon, first off. But also just, man, that was a fun little deep dive. You know, dive it in. And there's a constant, you got to look back um, a lot because, you know, we have Shady Head since 2017. But you got to remember, like, the sample size is much bigger because he's been calling plays for so long. He's been in OC. He's been around all these guys for so long that you can kind of judge things. Now, Shanahan's evolved considerably, and I would also argue that this is by far the best supporting cast that Shanahan has ever had, even over those, uh, what was it, 2015? Yeah, 2015 um, Falcons who almost won the Super Bowl, right, with Julio and Roddy White. Like, they were good. This is a better team. This is a better supporting cast by a considerable margin. Now, is anybody as good as Julio Jones? No, but you're talking Trent Williams. Okay, they didn't have a Trent Williams. They didn't have a George Kittle. They didn't have a Christian McCaffrey. They like It's just different, but this is better. Um, now, if you want to get better, this is huge. This is a new uh, sponsorship thing from a really close friend, really good dude. If you want to get better at fantasy or dynasty, we got you. If you play fantasy football, chances are you love to have the best information and access to everything that you need to know about every single player involved. Well, guess what? We've got this for you. And listen to me whenever I tell you this. I subscribe to this. This is a good friend. Mikey's the freaking man. We kind of came up in this industry together. He's crushing it in the fantasy world. So support somebody that's very similar to the 49ers rush. Bet on himself. Puts elite content. Crazy, crazy work. It's unbelievable. Go to basementbrewedff.com slash sign up. Make sure you use promo code 49ERS49ERS. That's going to get you 10% off their season pass. And again, this is... Uh, you get access to everything for less than one beer a month cost. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So, again, if you want customizable, like, they're going to give you everything that you need to win. And this isn't some gigantic corporation or anything like this. No, you're betting on a small business dude that's already got several hundred signups. I mean, this dude's crushing it already. So go jump on board, basementbrewedff.com slash signup, promo code 49ers. The link is in the description of this video or audio podcast, wherever you're listening for. So what are you waiting for? Go win your fantasy and dynasty leagues now.
Oh, excited about that. He's such a good dude, man. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, again, links in this description. Uh, use promo code 49ers. Helps us out as well. And lets them know where we're sending them and all that stuff. So here's another question from a Patreon member. What's up, Phil? The man. Uh, he is incredible. He wanted to know this. He asked this like several weeks ago. I, I've been diving off and on on this late at nights and whatever else. He said, you know, when was a turning point in history where the helmets were first adopted? When was that turning point? You know, he wanted to know when did management or ownership decide to start protecting these players or assets? And so I was like, oh, man, all right, let's do this. Because there's a lot of stuff that I had claimed to have read or understood that was wrong. Um, and there's some arguments out there, this person or that person. So I wanted to dive into this because I think this is really, really cool. Jim Naismith, you know, we, we've got the basketball, you know, uh, finals about to be underway, all that stuff. We got Game 7 Monday, which is going to be fun. Jim Naismith, the person that invented basketball, actually is the one that's credited with inventing the football helmet as well. Um, all the way back in 1891, so we're going way back. Um, and the reason why he did, he had cauliflower ear from wrestling, and he wanted to protect his ears. Um, so, yeah, that was the first helmet. But, but... Um, the U.S. Naval Academy, they had Joseph Re uh, Reeves. He used a moleskin helmet. That's the old, like, you know, hardcore leather caps that you see in, like, the old, old, old stuff. That was 1893. And then George Barclay, um, who, you know, he was a national football championship at Lafayette College. We're going back in the day. Uh, he was a shoe. He had a shoemaker make a helmet in 1896. So those are the first three widely accepted uses of a helmet. Um, the hard plastic helmet didn't come till much later. And what's funny is they banned it in 1948. They wouldn't allow players to play with the hard plastic helmet because they kept breaking and they'd come down and hit the bridge of their nose. And so they banned it because it was an injury risk. However, after one year of banning it. They realize everybody's getting messed up. <laughs> so they ban it in 1948. They bring it back in 1949. And by 1950, everybody had one of those. So if you see one of those clips where everybody's wearing leather helmets, that's before the 50s. But um, the, the crucial year is 1949. Go 49ers. Um, so the last leather helmets were manufactured in the 60s. So there were still some leather helmets around, but in the predominant, in a, you know, major football leagues and college football games, those were out. Um, the face mask didn't come in until 1955, um, which is rough. And then that's the weird thing. So 1955 all the way to 2002, zero advancements were made. 1955. 2002 that's when Riddell came out with the revolution helmet which i remember uh that was still during my playing days that's when things were that's when it started to change and then after that it was this rapid production of increased protection and all those types of things so from 1955 the first time the face mask all the way to 2002 that's just crazy to me you went 47 years with jack squat ah it's weird. But anyway, I do think that the protect, protection of players is important, but it's not paramount for the NFL. They will hide behind that tag every single time possible. Then 
Also schedule flex Thursday night games. Also schedule, you know, more than one Thursday night game in a season. So, like, I understand, like, any time the NFL gets critiqued, they just hit the button that says player safety. And it's just like we're going to hide behind that. Now, I love the NFL. Um, obviously, why would I be doing this 800 plus episodes in, but does that mean it's infallible or perfect? Hell no. They are a profit making machine and owners will have no problem sacrificing players health and safety to guarantee more profits. There's no doubt about it. The owners don't change very much. Players will change. You'll cycle them in and out. You'll keep bringing them up because kids want to play that dream. And I get that. And I would participate in that if I was athletic enough. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't seem like player safety was really an issue until the early 2000s. Now, I will say this. You know, we do our Wednesday watch parties where we go back through and watch the 1994 season, um, which was awesome. We watched the um, the Rams game. Yeah, we're on week 12. We'll be on week 13 next week. 49ers at Saints this Wednesday um, at 530. So if you want to come join us, that's over our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast, or just Google 49ers Patreon. Uh, any tier gets you in. And we changed the way it works over there where every single tier has free seven days. So you get to check out whatever you want, and it's free. Just go sign up, check it out, come join us, hang out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but when we were watching last week, I asked everybody that was in that watch party. And, and it's funny because everybody kind of participates different. We have a lot of people that join, don't turn their camera on, don't turn their mic on. They just want to sit there and watch and participate. And then we have other ones that are like friends and hang out and all that stuff, which is which is a lot of fun. So I asked them, as we were watching that, how many personal foul penalties would be called in today's NFL that were not 1994? Okay? So, again, if a, if a personal foul penalty was called, that doesn't count. I counted, We counted six. Six. And some of them were like, Eesh. Steve Young got beat to a pulp, man. He's sliding, got guys elbowing him in the back of the head and bringing their forearm across his face. Uh, slinging him on the ground, out of bounds. Like most of them were against Steve Young, just because he was a badass and he was going to go out of bounds. But it's weird because 1994 to now—that's a long time. Six personal fouls that weren't called, and it changes the way they play. And I understand everybody's frustration. I get pissed whenever I new rules come out. I really, really do. But then at the same time, I got to kind of. Step back and just be like, you know what? Let's see. And one of my favorite things that they're doing now with all these new league rules is they're doing one-year trial runs, right? And so I do like that. And so Vince, another guy on Patreon, one of these new rules is the new kickoff rule where you can wave, you can call for a fair catch, kickoffs only, anywhere from the 25-yard line and back, and you automatically get the ball to 25. And again, the big reason why NFL hits that button, boom, player safety, uh, that's what they're screaming. Vince came out and said this, and I thought this was interesting. He says, you know, thought of an interesting workaround for the new kickoff rule. You could do a hard squib, uh, you know, kicks that settle inside the 10 but aren't popped up in the air. So you have to do kind of a knuckleball kick or a watermelon kick if you've ever did that. It's weird. I don't want to get into that, but um, – you're unable to fair catch it because the ball's bouncing around, line drive, all that stuff. Now, every team's going to have a different alignment, so that pocket where you would squib it will change week to week. 
So that's a fun strategy session that we're going to get a watch live time because there's some very creative uh, offensive or sorry, special teams coaches. Now, Schneider was very creative and risky with his time in Seattle. We didn't fake one anything last year. Shanahan says, nope, give me three points. That's all I care about, right? Vanilla, vanilla. I like vanilla, uh, <laughs> but I know a lot of other people don't. So I'm curious to see what this is going to look like. You know, the amount of <laughs> I was not a fan of the kicker pick by uh, any stretch. Here, here's uh, again. I want to put this up all the time. This was the moment they announced the <laughs> third round picker kick. Whenever we were live, this is me and Brian Carter. What's up, Brian? Uh, yeah, you can tell by my face. I, I was the biggest fan, uh, to say the least. So, like a lot of people emailed me about, man, this makes Jake Ludy pick even worse, and I think that it does. Now, how much does it? Move the bar one way or another? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Viet, what's up? He says, does the kickoff change make... Yeah, right here. Jake Moody's ability for kickoffs and field goals less important. Also, specialties players. It does. It can. I don't want to say it does. This is a one-year pending rule that they're just going to see how it goes. And yeah, it is going to make special teams a little less valuable. It does make the punt team and punt return team way more valuable. Because in the past, like last year, you had Hufunga and Jimmy Ward on every special teams unit. They were out there covering kicks every single time. Kyle Juszczyk's out there every single time. Now, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But it definitely rescinds or perhaps it makes it yeah, – there's no doubt about it. This was one of the biggest – it's how you start the game. It's a tone setter. I, I shared that. I talked about this on John and Wayne show. I was a wedge buster. That doesn't even exist anymore. Where you'd put this no talent, you know, chubby cheeked, whatever guy that was just mean as hell and wanted violence in his life. You just put him down there, tell him run full speed and run into all these guys bigger than you and blow it up for the rest of your team. Like I was like, yes, sir. Like, that was my mentality. Like, yes, I got it. That, that's how I got my start on varsity was that, and then it worked into other things. But, like, that's gone. You can't even do that no more. You can't do that. And so this this constant changing. And so, all right, let's just jump into the DeLorean. John Chapman doesn't make varsity for another year with this rule. And so, yeah, it's going to impact players. There's the, the law of unintended consequences. Player safety, I get it. It should be paramount. Should be. But changes things. It does change things. And this is going to affect special teamers. It's going to affect undrafted free agents. It's going to affect veteran players that are just trying their hardest to get that one last year in so that they could be vetted into the retirement system of the NFL and their families will be taken care of for the rest of their lives. This affects that. And there's going to be players that would have been, made it into the retirement system of the NFL that will not now. Now, is that worthy? I don't know. Um, but that sucks. Uh, not going to lie. That, that does suck. Um, yeah. All right. Let's, let's transition. Shout out to my man David on Patreon. I thought this was a very astute comment. You know, we've been looking back, been looking back, been looking back. Let's look forward. He says the Steelers game, week one for the 49ers, that's a quarterback trap game in his opinion. Whoever starts will not look good. So do we do we start Trey 
Um, coming off, you know, whatever, or do you put Brock through there? It sh- he says it should be Trey, uh, but we'll see. Uh, now, 49ers at Steelers week one. I'm excited about this. One, we're going to be there. And if you have not come out to one of our parties yet, shame on you. No, I'm just joking. Not shame on you. We love you. We want you to come party with us. Uh, and if you haven't yet, man, this is a quick 20-second, just a little clip. Just fun and community. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. So we are going to be in Pittsburgh. I'm very excited about that. Uh, going to be a lot, a lot of fun there. So I wanted to take the time to look back. You know, Mike Tomlin's my favorite coach in the NFL. I've not been timid about that. I just think he's incredible. So I looked back at the last five years of their season openers, um, and uh, David was correct. I will say that. They have beat some really, really good teams early on week one. So last year, this is the Steelers we're talking about. Last year they beat the Bengals in overtime on the road in Cincinnati. Now, that's divisional game and whatever else, but Cincinnati, back-to-back years, you know, in the AFC Championship. 2021, they beat Buffalo on the road. The Bills have been pretty good for a minute. 2020, they beat the Giants on the road. They weren't good then. 2019, they got blown out by the Patriots, 33-3 to on the road. And then 2018, they tied the Browns, 21-21, to um, which the Browns were actually decent, not terrible back then. So, um, yeah, the last five games, they're 3-1-1. One, and one. A tie week one is weird as hell, but whatever. Um, but they beat some good teams in back-to-back years. Beat Cincy on the road, beat Buffalo on the road, like quality, quality teams. Now, if you look at the betting lines for the 49ers at Steelers week one, the 49ers are road favorites, which pretty damn rare, especially week one. The 49ers are favored by three points on the road. There are only other five. There are only five other teams that are favored road players week one now going through these i think it tells a story i really do that this is the company that the 49ers keep cincinnati's favored by two and a half points on the road against cleveland again cincinnati back-to-back afc championships jags favored by three and a half points at the colts colts are trash uh jags you know made it to the divisional round eagles five point favorites at the patriots uh, Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. Cowboys, three-point favorites at the Giants. Uh, Cowboys, divisional round. They can't get past the divisional round, but they can get to the divisional round. Bills, um, one-and-a-half-point favorites at the Jets. Bills, divisional round playoff team. So, like, you're seeing the constant good teams win on the road. Now, the 49ers last year, and we could talk about this, yikes. They don't start well. <laughs> I, I was in Chicago last year and that freaking storm. It sucked. I hated it. I actually had a really good trip, but it was bad. Uh, just the game, it, oh, it was just bad. The year before that, you remember we beat the Lions? We were up by like 18 points in the fourth quarter. We pulled the starters. Lions come back. We got a missed extra point or mixed uh, onside kick. We end up winning 41 to 33. But that was that game. 2020, 
lost to the Cardinals, right? And that was just and that was after after a Super Bowl loss. And then you come out and you lose 24 to 20. Jimmy G didn't play too well. That was 2020. 2019, you started out red hot. You went 8 and 0. Uh, to start the season, but you beat the Bucks 31 to 17. That was the all Akello Witherspoon game, I believe. Um, and then the year before that, 2018, um, you lost to the Vikings 16 to 24. So, you know, you look at those, you know, whatever. What are we, two and three? We're two and three. Not great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> Not great. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Now what I want to do is get to some of the questions that Clayton starred throughout this episode. Uh, we're still get to some more of your stuff. So here we go. Yeah. That monsoon was crazy, Matt. Um, yeah, Nicholas, he says, Hey John question, got my tickets to the Niners versus Dallas game. Can't wait to attend another meetup like I did last year. Love it. Any info on the party the night before? I'm just going to be really honest with you guys on a couple things. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the Chapmans, we are currently relocating um, up to the East Bay area. But, uh, and, and again, all this pertains to your question, and I'm going to try to get that. I've kind of had to pause certain aspects of, <laughs> I'm still working on 40 Irish Rush Road Trip and all this stuff that's going out. But I also got to find a house in like four weeks, like and move there. So uh, it, it's it's difficult. It's turned out to be a little bit more difficult. I I can find bars. I just got to find a bar to let me live there, perhaps. Uh, maybe I can work that out. But uh, we're looking at the El Cerrito area for a three-bedroom house. So if you guys, anybody up there, y'all let us know. We have to rent. Uh, we don't have the membership yet that we want to buy a house in the East Bay area. But that's okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys know any, any houses or whatever available or whatever, uh, reach out to us here. Help us out. But... I'm not sure for the local games. I can't find a quality venue to my liking close to the stadium, Levi's. I can't. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm saying I haven't found it yet. And I don't want to throw a party just to throw a party. Like, I want a quality space where we can build community or I'm just not going to do that. Um, and I'll just focus on the tailgate, which is totally cool. Um, so I'm not quite sure how I want to handle that just yet. Ideally, there would be a very good spot that we could host a party uh, the night before and just all home games, we would do those two things. But then the other side of me says, man, maybe I should just focus on the tailgate. So that's where I'm just being very transparent with you. Um, I'm not quite sure what that is going to look like. I can guarantee that tailgate's going to be off the freaking chain. Um, but I'm not quite sure about the Santa Clara meetups because a lot of people from the city don't want to come to Santa Clara twice. A lot of people, for you know, they, they have to travel in because Levi's moved. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to see. We're, we're going to see how that goes. But I uh, appreciate the comment for sure. Thank you, Christian. Look, excited to hang out, by the way. Bobo, cute puppy. Um, John, would you be surprised if Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are healthy at the trade deadline? They trade Sam Darnold. I believe they will. Um... If all three quarterbacks are healthy, I think it does. I, I understand trading one, but I think I, I'd have to press that further. Okay, this hypothetical is this. I don't care if all three quarterbacks are healthy. You have to have at least one quarterback and all three quarterbacks. So all three quarterbacks healthy, check. You got to have one quarterback playing out of his damn mind. Okay? Out of his damn mind. 
I don't think there's any way in hell you're trading Brock Purdy because you still have three years of him. You know, so after this year, you still have two super cheap years. So Brock Purdy, I don't think he's going nowhere, even if Trey Lance is a total badass and comes out and whatever else. Brock Purdy's safe, right? So if Trey Lance plays unbelievable as a third-round pick, we all anticipated. It hasn't happened yet. But let's just say he comes out of the gate and it's just like, whoo, this is what we, we saw in him and blah, 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 blah. Then I think the trading of Sam Darnold would be happen, would, would be a possibility. And I think that's probably the only way that Sam Darnold would get traded because if Brock Purdy is the badass and Trey has either not played or played underwhelmingly, then I think Trey Lance would be the trade target because Sam Darnold's not going to get you much. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's a one-year contract, so teams that do trade for him, it, we, they've already played that game. So Sam Darnold ain't bringing you a second or a third rounder. That ain't happening. But what would happen, and again, how have the Niners built their roster through compensation picks? Quarterbacks get paid a lot more. So if Sam Darnold sits on this team for a full year and then travels elsewhere because Brock or Trey kind of took the job and it's, you know, finally, thank God, the Niners quarterback situation solved, Guess what? You're going to get a fifth-round comp pick anyway for him whenever he signs somewhere for $10 million. So I personally would rather keep all three. I, the only way I'm trading one is if somebody wants to overpay like Mike McDaniel did for Jeff Wilson Jr. You know, what would overpayments mean? A second round for Trey Lance is not overpaying to me. I think that's probably his market value. I'm not doing that. Why would you do that? His value is not going to go down between this point and next year. Uh, maybe it would. But, yeah, I'm not doing that for a second-round pick. No. No. Now, I would do that for a first-round pick. Now I talk if, and again, if, you got three quarterbacks healthy and Brock's playing out of his mind. If Brock comes back as Brock, cool. Now I'd have that conversation. Do I want to do that? No. Would I have the conversation? Yes. I just can't see a team giving more than a fifth or a fourth for Sam Darnold, no matter what. He's just got so much bad tape. I know he's young, but I just don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Sam, maybe, I think it would take, okay, let me try to build the story for why a team would overpay for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold comes out, puts out great tape, preseason, shows he just needed a Shanahan system, and a quality supporting cast, right? Man, ooh, whether he starts week one, week two, I don't care. He just shows he can do it. Then you would need a Shanahan scheme, you know, Texans, Miami, Jets, freaking uh, Vikings, yeah, I, I don't know, whatever. Then maybe one of those teams has a quarterback go down or whatever, I hate to say that. You know, maybe the Jimmy Garoppolo thing doesn't work. And then Sam goes to one of those spots. But again, now if somebody would give me a third-round pick for Sam Darnold, I'd probably trade him right now, but I just don't think that's the way that it works. So it's hard for me to find why. <laughs> I, I'm cool doing it. I just don't know why somebody would, if that makes sense. Uh, Bobo goes on to say, I believe they keep Purdy and Lance. Sam Darnold's an odd man out, and a team will be desperate for a quarterback. Yeah, we've seen it in the past. Uh, I just hope it's not the 49ers this time. You know what I mean? Like, just just imagine if we have quarterbacks to stay healthy. It, 
just by law of averages, it's got to happen one damn time sooner or later. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Oh, Daryl, what's up, man? Shout out. Um, appreciate the super chat, man. He says, JC, our defense can carry us like the 2001 Ravens. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And we, we have a much – and that's the thing. Like, you look at just the 49ers, like – that Ravens team was great defense, no no doubt about it. But it's not like our offense is bad. We have a top five offense. We are sixth in total yards, or sorry, sixth in total points, fifth in total yards. Like we have a great offense. So you don't you don't need the comparison. I get it because I think the defense is that great. But this offense is solid. Like you could win games with this offense on the offense's own merit alone. And I think the Super Bowl, I mean, last year you could have, would have been that year, but quarterback got hurt. All the quarterbacks got hurt. Everybody hurt. You get hurt. You get hurt. <laughs> it's like Oprah. <laughs> you get a car. Uh, anyway, so we'll do that. Uh, all right, let's wrap up. Uh, any other questions? Let's got, let's do this, and then we'll move forward. Uh, Mosquito Killer, what's up, brother? He says, so the question is, does Shanahan change his playbook again to compliment Trey, or does he stick with how it's called for Purdy and make Trey adjust? That's what everybody wants. And Shanahan kept coming out and saying, oh, it's the same playbook. It's the same playbook. It's the same playbook. It, it wasn't. At least the play calls were different. The hot reads were different. The run rules were different. And he's come out and said, like, Trey's a mobile quarterback. Like, he's a dual-threat quarterback. So, I don't know, the finger thing, all that stuff. I just want Trey to check down. If I if I could just <laughs> how, how do I want to phrase this? If I could just get Trey to check down. Check down, get down. That's all he's got to do. Because the big plays are gonna come. They're, I mean, that's just what Trey brings to the table. If you could just get Trey to check down, don't take those hits. You know, if it's third down, get the first down, I get it. But come on, man. You can't play like freaking a linebacker out there. You just can't do it. You can't do it. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show. I had fun. Uh, I like looking back at all this history stuff. If you have questions, as always, please reach out. 40 hours rush podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Uh, we, we are here for you guys. But, man, this was fun. want to say thank you to Clayton. The man behind the scenes, running everything smooth, clean operator. Our executive producers, Timothy R., David G., Philip K., Kilton Niner, and 49ers George365. That's going to do it for us today, but we're going to be back with a lot more episodes here very soon. So until then, stay strong, faithful. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.